Hello, dear ones. I'm Barbara Hemphill, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and vision accelerator. Welcome to Christine's Radiant Joy podcast. If you're not where you'd hoped to be spiritually right now, this series will encourage you to be who God made you to be. Chances are you're a well-meaning believer with a lot on your plate. So thank you for tuning in as you seek Holy Spirit inspiration to move into life to the full with purpose, fruitfulness, healing, freedom, and radiant joy. Christine is a Benedictine-trained spiritual director with a heart for unity in the body of Christ. A former lawyer, Christine is a wife, mother, and grandmother who avidly pursues transformation in Christ. She's an author focused on the Holy Spirit's role in women's lives. Her book, Reap As You Sow, is about how creativity relates to stillness and spiritual fulfillment. I'm excited to tell you that she has a new book in the works, so stay tuned. Christine has earned certifications as a creativity coach and a spiritual coach. With the Holy Spirit, she's led and participated in decades of interdenominational prayer groups. She's also an experienced leader and trainer of healing and deliverance ministry teams. Those teams use the unbound prayer model that's effectively freed Protestant and Catholic Christians worldwide from brokenness. She and her guests will encourage you as they share practical and inspiring ideas about the healing, love, and power of God. So come, Holy Spirit, please be with everyone listening as they welcome my sister in Christ and yours, Christine Smith. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Barbara, for that introduction and for calling me your sister in Christ. Today, I have a brother in Christ as my special guest. His name is Kevin Lenahan. I know that he will bless you. I have known him for almost 20 years, primarily as a leader of a prayer group that I have attended in person in the old days and then via Zoom since COVID began. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. So Kevin, I think the easiest way for people to get to know who you are rather than me trying to give your biography is for you to share with them the testimony that you recently shared with our prayer group that you had been asked to give to a confirmation class. Did you do with, that? Uh, okay, yes. great. Okay. Yeah, this, this happened probably 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. I was asked by our pastor to give my personal testimony at, at our local parish and to the confirmation class. And uh, uh, I showed up, the confirmation class was, was gathered there and, and they were, you know, they were ready to go. I uh, got up onto the altar and began Oh, to, excuse uh, me. Yes. I'm gonna remind you of something. When you gave this testimony before, you said they weren't really ready to go. They were loud and squirming. Well, that's very true. They were, <laughs> uh, they, they were, when I first, uh, yeah, when I first showed up, the, the, the poor guy in charge, the kid, they were, it was like herding cats. They were all over the place. They corralled them and uh, they were all in the pews waiting. I got up on the altar and began to share my testimony. And uh, yeah, I could see they were, you know, they were typical teenagers. And uh, I got up and the Lord set it up very nicely for me to give my testimonies a, a way that I had not given it before. Um, he had me share, talk about all the good things 
worldly things that were impressive to these kids. And I talked about that I had, um, you know, was uh, born and raised into a, a Catholic family and um, one of seven kids. I went to Catholic schools for 12 years, I graduated from there, uh, went on to college, got a master's in tax, I got well CPA, accounting degree, tax, uh, master's in tax and, and became a CPA. And uh, during that time, I married my wife. We were uh, the type of uh, people who were very uh, social. We covered a, a wide area in social. We had, uh, I had lots of sports tickets. Uh, we had lots of arts tickets to go to, you know, opera and the, and the ballet, et cetera, musicals. We had uh, two kids and those two kids were very, uh, you know, they were going to that, to the same parish um, Catholic school that I was speaking at for the confirmation class. We were very much looked upon in, in society as, oh, they're, they're a, a very cute couple and very, very um, you know, looked like they had it all. I had friends told me, hey, you got it all. I told the kids, that sounds impressive to a lot of you because I talked about the exotic vacations we took and the cars we drove and the house we lived in and uh, the kids were listening. Well, um, then I went into the second part. I said, okay, let's talk about the spiritual side. And I said, you know, you know, fourth, fifth grade, I started skipping uh, mass, you know, uh, it seemed like every time I went to confession, I come out and I would sin worse. You know, I got into high school, into the drug and alcohol culture and, you know, lived pretty worldly life. But so was a lot of the other, my friends. And as time went on through college, I met my wife and I married her and she was very much like me, uh, raised in a Catholic family. But Again, you know, we didn't attend church and, and, and the Lord wasn't a big part of our life, uh, if at all. My son was four and my daughter, my wife was pregnant with our daughter, who was like eight months pregnant. My father-in-law said, um, you two need to go to our, our local parish and, and listen to this gentleman speak. He was a very, uh, he did missions. He was a Catholic man and his wife and they went around and did missions. They were from Arizona and uh and we're in California. So we went and I, uh, we attended this. I didn't really want to go, but I attended anyway. And the first night he was up there speaking. And, you know, um, to me, I thought he was very corny. And uh, I'm just listening, going, yeah, yeah, let's get this over with. Usually I'm working out on this night and uh, I'm missing that. And I uh, just didn't want to be there. The place was packed, though. I never saw it. It was my parish that I grew up in. And it was very, very crowded. Uh, so, uh, and the air conditioning was broken. It was a July night. So it was like 85 degrees in there. And my poor wife, Paula, who was, um, pregnant with our second child, she was struggling. Uh, anyway, at the end of the night, uh, after he talked for a while, uh, he had a gentleman come up and the guy had one leg shorter than the other. And, um, John, he, uh, sat the guy down and, lifted up his uh, heels of his feet uh, its waist length with his hands. Uh, they were in the palm of his hands and he prayed for this guy and the, uh, the leg grew and everybody was astonished. And I wasn't close enough to really see it, but I could see by the expression on everybody's face that this thing grew and he got up and he was healed, healed. And myself being skeptical, I said, oh, this guy's a charlatan. He's going to be asking for money. This guy's a plant. That's a, a guy with the short leg. And and I was really skeptical. Went home that night and thought, okay, that was kind of a waste of a night. Uh, the next night, uh, I respect my father-in-law. I went back. My wife, Paula, couldn't go. She said, hey, I'm, 
I almost passed out in there, you know, eight months pregnant and uh, that place being crowded as can be and hot with no air conditioning. Uh, so I said, well, I'll go. So I showed up the second night and I'm sitting there in the pew uh, listening to him and he's talking again and he had us uh, put our hands on the person next to us, which was very uncomfortable for me, uh, people I didn't know and say, a, repeat a prayer, a simple prayer after him. And then after he finished with that, put our hands back down and he started to preach. And I don't know what happened at that time. I can't really tell you exactly, but what I will tell you is, is he started to talk about my sins being forgiven. I remember him saying by that blood that was shed on the cross by Jesus, all your sins are forgiven past all your past ones, all your present ones and all the ones you're going to, you're going to commit. They're all done. And it's not by what you do. It's by that blood that he shed, you know, and he started to talk about this. And I just remember nodding my head, you know, from being brought up in Catholic school. I said, well, that's true. Well, that's true. Everything he said, I nodding my head going, well, that's true. That's true. And as it went on, there was just an explosion that took place in me. And, and my heart just, just came out as, as wanting to know all about the Lord wanting to read scripture. He had, he had talked about reading scripture, importance of that. And I just wanted to know him and read scripture, read all about it. And I was just on fire is the only way I can, I can say it. It was just on fire. I went in there as cold as ice and I came out on fire. And as we were leaving, his wife was selling these New Testament, good news, New Testaments in the back of the church for a dollar a book. I bought 10 of them, and I just passed them out to people. I had such joy in my heart. And when I went in there, I was like, you know, I've got it all, but I sure don't feel like I have it all. Uh, my friends tell me I have it all in my life, but I just don't feel there was a hole there. And boy, was it filled that night. And um, I couldn't explain it, but it, 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 it was filled, and I was on fire. And all those things that were so important, uh, the social things we did and everything else became secondary. And the Lord became the primary. And I went home just completely different. And uh, and I read that Bible, you know, every day, that little New Testament, every day, every day, every day. I just wanted, and I was amazed. At, it just jumped out at me. All the scriptures just jumped out. And um, eventually got another Bible that was had an old and New Testament in it. And, and I just continued to to be uh, to Kenya to read and and just be on fire for it. Uh, uh, shortly after all of that, I had uh, incidents in my life happen. My uh, geez, a few months later, my father died, and um, and and that was a hit. And um, but I was blessed by it all. Uh, I, I I I was joyful in it, knowing that I knew where he was going. Uh, shortly after that, my my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And uh, that was terminal. And, and then my wife, Paula, got diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. And uh, that was tough. And then my, my mother passed away. And all these happened within about a two-year period. But I was joyful through it all. It was amazing. The Lord kept me at complete peace in it all and joyful and knowing that he was in charge of this whole situation. So I shared that with these kids. I realized as I was finishing this up, all the kids were straight up and down, none of them talking, none of them moving, squirming. They were just there 
focused on me. And I said, boy, that's the Lord. He is really uh, uh, ministering here. And then I look at these six ladies that are in the front row that were helpers for the class, uh, and these six moms, and they were in tears. And I said, oh, my, the Lord really touched these people. And I remember leaving as I went out the door. I said, you know, no matter what sins you've committed, how bad they are, you've never committed one that was bad enough that he would not forgive. And I said, and if you don't think so, come up after this talk and I will go one on one on you with 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 uh, sins and I'll, I'll win. My sins are definitely worse than yours. And I don't care what yours are, but yes. what I did. You sound like St. Paul. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> amen. No, I was well aware I was a sinner. That was one thing. Uh, so I left two, three days later. I'm picking up my kids at kids club and after school program from three to six. And my kids went to school at the at the uh, at the parochial school there. As I'm picking them up, I drive up. Uh, the kids come running out into the car and the lady in charge comes running out to the car. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? Uh, and she says, uh, I roll down the window. She says, did you speak to the to the confirmation class uh, a few nights ago? And I said, yeah, I did. She said, I'm, I'm recently divorced and I've been having nothing but problems with my daughter. That night she was there and attended and heard your, you know, heard whatever you said. And she says, I don't know what you did say, but she, she came home. She gave me a huge hug and a kiss and was had tears in her eyes and told me how much she loved me. And she completely has changed since then. And uh, I, yeah, I just want to, you know, thank you for whatever you said. So I just give glory to God with what he did because it wasn't me, it was him. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Kevin. As a mother and a grandmother, I think parents really can relate to what you're saying too. And uh, so many parents have experienced their children not following the way they would like them to in the faith. Um, and yet I believe that there are so many um, of us who, me included, I'm sorry to say, who haven't boldly proclaimed the Lord to them when we had them living at home and the opportunity, we maybe took them to church, but we didn't necessarily show to them that uh, on fire love of the Lord. Uh, that's not you, is it? <laughs> No, no, I, you know, I, I just can't keep my mouth closed, even if, even if I want to. And I know there's a scripture in there by St. Paul, you know, even if I try not to, I, I can't, can't help it. I have to speak it. And because of what, you know, I now, before I never wanted to think about the afterlife. Now I can't wait to get to heaven. You know, I'm looking at it as, hey, it's, um, you know, I know where I'm going and I'm praising God that I will be with the Lord for eternal life. So, so uh, I, I want everybody else to be there too. And I can't help myself, you know, when I, wherever I'm go, you know, I look for opportunities to share the Lord with anybody. And I know I'm a peculiar person, which it says in scripture, um, you know, because people not sure what to make of me a lot of times, but, um, no matter what, I'm just called to plant and water and I know God makes it grow. So I'm just spreading seeds everywhere I go and every opportunity I get. And yeah, like my T-shirts as um, as I'll stand up and share. Uh, it says, just praise him, Jesus. And as this now Nike swoosh, the Lord called me to, to you know, uh, I mean, as my wife got more uh, with the with the MS, as her condition worsened, uh, I ended up being a stay at home dad. 
and um, I traded in my suit for t-shirt and jeans and tennis shoes. So um, I attend, you know, I was always there with the moms and 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 doing all the things that uh, say no mom would do, and um, and, and a caregiver for my wife and uh, for Paula. I just wore these t-shirts. I just start wearing. The Lord had me make a t-shirt to start it off. He had me make a t-shirt that said. I'm a fool for Jesus on the front. And in red, big red bold letters, is this fool. I'm a fool for Jesus. And on the back, it says, whose fool are you? And, um, you know, like a walking billboard. And uh, people would comment on the front. And somebody, I remember some people would say, oh, they would laugh. Well, you're a fool. And I said, yeah, check out the back. And I turn it around. And, and there's the punchline. And uh, it gets people thinking. And that's what I, the Lord, you know, over time, I purchased T-shirts and, and then people start giving me T-shirts uh, um, because I knew I'd wear them, and um, uh, and and I and I wear them everywhere. But it, it, I get into a lot of good conversations just from my T-shirts. Some people just getting excited about it, and some people asking questions. And I had a T-shirt that had a little patch on the front, and it was you know it was part of the shirt, but it looked like it was a name tag, and it, you know it said "Hello, I'm," and then you're supposed to, and then it written in there is your name, but they wrote in forgiven and i you know it says, so it said hello i'm forgiven and uh i had an older gentleman up to me one time he goes forgiven of what and i said forgiven of all my sins you know so that i have eternal life and it was an opportunity to, to preach to this guy and so clever t-shirts i love them and i get a good response from people uh wearing them and and it's amazing what the lord will put you to work doing when uh, when you have those on Tell us about your Jesus Calling t-shirt. I like that story. Oh, uh, I have a t-shirt that, that it's a big iPhone. I think my sister-in-law might have given it to me. It, it looks like a big iPhone. And on the top, it says Jesus Calling. And, and then it has, you know, the um, the keypad. And um, and I think even it has at the top, it says John 316, where there's supposed to be something. It just and, says, uh, I know that one well. It says 316, as if it's just the clock on the iPhone. But Oh, like a clock on the top, exactly. But Christians yeah, know so, that means John 316. John, yeah, we would know John 316, you know, for God so loved the world, you know, that he gave his only son. So, uh, and we would have eternal life. So, anyway, on the bottom, it has the big red uh, button that says decline and the big green button that says accept. I wear that around and uh, I was in Whole Foods sometime after I had it. And uh, a young lady there, you know, it's funny. She had the look of the with the hair and the and the, you know, the piercings and everything. You never judge anybody, you know, because, you know, you, the Lord brings everybody to kill your people. And she saw me from the end of the aisle and she was on the other aisle. She worked there. And she yells out, yes, yes, I accept, I accept. She knew the Lord. And uh, we ended up having a great conversation, the two of us, you know, like a 22-year-old and a, you know, and a 65-year-old. And we're just praising God and just sharing the Lord with such joy in it. So um, you get a lot of, lot of good reactions on that one. And I had, at our prayer meeting, I, I lead a prayer meeting and I, for a period of time, it was led in our garage. And we had a couple that came. They were dating. Now they're married. They came all the way from uh, San Francisco, which was probably about a 40-minute drive. And she would come with him just to see my T-shirts, what I was going to be wearing at the, <laughs> at the prayer meeting. She just, that's, yeah, that would make her come. She loved the T-shirts. I'd like you to say something about the um, Holy Spirit role. I think um, what you've described happening when you were at the John Kohannes mission is much the same as what happened 
at Pentecost. Would you draw some comparisons there? Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's definitely that, you know, it said, you know, uh, it was a, uh, it talked about a, a strong wind that, that, that hit them on the upper room and, uh, and they were, they were there and tongues of fire fell upon them and they started speaking in, 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 in foreign tongues, different tongues. Well, in, in this case, they went out to speak to the, to the group that had gathered there. Uh, what was there? 3000 there or, or 5,000. Anyway, they, they they went out to speak Peter and 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 John and all and uh, and when they were speaking, everybody heard them in their own language. They had all the different languages there, and that's uh, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's praying in tongues. Tongues is is it's it's in Scripture. If you go to First Corinthians chapter twelve, it talks about it that, that you know one of the gifts is tongues, and tongues is used many different ways. And in that situation, they were all praying in tongues, and people thought they were drunk. Uh, you know, uh, but when they started to speak to these these people, they were speaking in English, so they thought, and, and and everybody heard them in their own language. But at that time, when they thought they were drunk, uh, you know, and they said, "Well, it's only nine in the morning; they can't, they're not drunk." But you know, they were praying in tongues, and um, you know, tongues throughout Scripture. If you look in you know First Corinthians, it's, you know, it's it says in, they have the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, and there's different ways. There's prayer language tongues, which that's what they were speaking um, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was evidence of, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit was, was, was praying in tongues. And if you look through Acts, you'll see it. They laid hands on them and they prayed in tongues or prayed in the Spirit, they call it. But uh, it, it, it's tongues. And it's, to me, it's, it's evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't get that when I was at John. when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't get the tongues until later. And I didn't even know what tongues was, but when I went to yeah. a charismatic prayer meeting. Yeah, I think it's important for people to know uh, what some of the other gifts are, because I think there are people who are a little intimidated or judging tongues. <laughs> oh, yes. And so I think it's important, too, to realize um, about some of the other gifts, which I'm going right. to ask you about in a moment. Sure. But I'd like to go back to this. You're out there wearing your T-shirts. You're pouring out, sharing about God everywhere you go to everyone you know and to perfect strangers. How do you get refreshed? Well, that's by attending charismatic prayer meetings. And, you know, I attended them regularly. And I remember when I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit and found a charismatic prayer meeting, I would try and find more than one in a week. And, and just go, because you're gathering with the body of Christ, others that have the gifts, you know, the same baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the excitement's there, and the praise goes up, because at a charismatic prayer meeting, there's a lot of praise. You're praising God outside, and it feels uncomfortable at first, but as you start to do it, you sense the power of the Holy Spirit really, really strongly as you're praising God. So um, if I could chime in for a second, um, at your meetings, we praise and three different ways at least. We pray praise just by saying words of praise. And you can either read those from a list that's in the chat, um, or you can do it spontaneously with your own words from your own heart. Um, also, we do a lot of singing and many of the songs are songs of praise. Later in the meeting, we may transition to songs of worship, but there's definitely uh, singing our praise. And uh, and then there's also praying. So sometimes it's in the prayer language in in our language, which is typically English. I think you had 
Peter and Paul speak in English rather than uh, Aramaic. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're, we're, you speak it in your own regular language, and then you may yeah. also do it in, in tongues. So there's lots of different ways of uh, praise. And of course, there's even praise of people sometimes sharing a, a short testimony at the meeting. Right? Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you definitely praise, you know, we start with singing songs at the meetings and, um, you know, the, sings, the songs are all about Jesus and you're, you know, and as you sing, that's that's praise. Yeah. And it talks about praising God in the, in the songs. And, and it also says, you know, the Lord dwells in the praises of his people and a charismatic prayer meeting. There's all these gifts that come forth during the meeting that are brought forth. And with that praise. People start to forget about themselves and focus on the Lord. And that's when the gifts start to flow because the Lord starts to flow through us and the gifts go through the through to the body. And there's, you know, the gifts of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, of healing, miracles, prophecy, uh, you know, discernment of spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And those gifts flow forth. You know, we see visions, um, you know, during the meetings and throughout the Holy Spirit just ministers to the body that's brought together there. And as we, you know, continue, as we focus on the Lord, he's able to use us and bless one another through that body. I think one of the ways that he blesses the group that attends the meetings and each person individually is by multiplying the fruit of the Holy Spirit in them, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And uh, I, I find when I go to those meetings, I those those fruits become more um, prominent in my life. And also, I really enjoy the ability to share and connect with other people for who who also love the Lord and who also are seeking after these spiritual gifts and fruits. Amen. Amen. That's for sure. And, and that is, that is it. And, and I know you had asked before, uh, we talked about, um, you know, through the week we're emptying ourselves out and then we come to these meetings and we get filled back up again. And then we go back out, you know, to the world yes. and we empty it back out. And, you know, that's one thing, uh, you know, growing up as Catholic, and I was always thought that my my faith was very personal, and I would not share. Now I realize we all need to be evangelists. We all need to be out there, and that baptism of the Holy Spirit—that's when it, everything changes. Where you're not afraid to go out, you know, and that's when, you know, uh, you know, Peter and 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 John—they weren't afraid to get out there in front of everybody and speak it. Before they were hovered and worried and praying in an upper room and, and with the doors locked. And then all of a sudden they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're on fire and they're just, they don't care anymore. And they're shouting and they're telling people exactly how it is, you know? Uh, and, and that's, that's what that baptism in the Holy Spirit does, you know? And some people get it like I got it. I got it like wham. Other people, it kind of, sometimes it will just gradually grow in them. But, um, you know, the more you abandon yourself to the Lord, the more he'll fill you up with that. And, um, you know, and we come to the meeting. In fact, the meeting that, that, that I lead now, I mean, years ago, the Lord gave us the, um, the, uh, the name of that meeting and the name that he gave it was the filling station. And that's where everybody comes to get filled up 
on Friday mornings and or, or afternoon, depending on where you live. And um, and then we go out and we, you know, we pour ourselves out to everybody. And and if we aren't not pouring ourselves out, we become stagnant anyway. That's the one thing you got to, you know, I, I want to be always empty so that I can get filled up with even more each time. So I make sure one of the things is, I mean, I can't help myself as it is, but I want to share as much as I can. And, and a lot of people think I'm a very strange person and very different. However, at the same time, when they have trouble, uh, one of the first things they do is they're calling me for prayer, you know, uh, to pray over them. Absolutely, Kevin. Everyone is invited to come. All you need to do is believe in Jesus and and come. It's not only for Catholics, even though it's it. It is called a charismatic prayer meeting. It's basically just people who love the Lord. And you've also made the point that God uses everybody who comes. Each one who comes, we always feel, has been called to be there that day and called to participate in whatever way and to whatever degree they feel moved. And usually the longer you've been coming, uh, the the more you want to share. So, um I just I want to thank you for being here today, and I want to uh, say that until our next podcast, um, we are going to be praying praying for everyone watching wherever you are in your life, in your faith, and uh, we do pray for you to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which really uh, are a tremendous blessing. So, Kevin and I also do hope that you will join us in praise, song, and prayer on Fridays, 10 Pacific, 11 Mountain, 12 Central, and 1 Eastern. To um, get the information about the meeting, there will be a link in the show notes, or you can also email me, christine at radiantjoy.us, and I will share with you an email uh, from Kevin that I will pass along to you. That email gives a little bit more detail about Uh, the meeting, and we really do uh, hope that you will join us. Thank you so much, Kevin. We'll see you again on another another one of our podcasts soon. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you for listening to Christine's Radiant Joy podcast. Please visit radiantjoy.us to subscribe to her monthly Radiant Joy newsletter to be notified when her next book is released or to set up an appointment to speak with Christine about Unbound Ministry. And please pass this along to others who might enjoy it. Christine is an award-winning quilt maker whose spiritually inspired quilts is featured in the Reap As You Sew section of radiantjoy.us. You're in for a treat if you go check it out. You'll find her blog and the complete archive of all of her podcast episodes at radiantjoy.us. Or you can subscribe through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. Each month, Christine will bring you a message of how you are called by God, remembering that we are all God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God planned. You are equipped with every spiritual blessing you need to succeed. We look forward to getting together here every first Thursday. Don't wait. Connect now with Christine at radiantjoy.us. God bless you.